Tigers Uncaged. Jesse and Lance talk Tigers and all things WHL with the voice of the Tigers, Tigers players, Tigers alumni, and insiders across the WHL. Here's your hosts, Jesse and Lance. Welcome back to Tigers Uncaged, the podcast for your Medicine Hat Tigers, the finale of the season, our yeah. finale of season two of the podcast. Don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened, right? A little bit of a different Dr. outcome Seuss? than what we did last time, this time around last year. Uh, it was a different time. But still, time. same guest. Hey, Associate we, Coach Joe Frazier. Yeah, that's how we end the podcast. Yeah, that's right. Nice we usually uh, start wow. and end with Joe, don't we? Yeah, we started this year with Joe. Yeah. You wouldn't remember, but uh, but we did do that, yeah. right? I don't know how I got roped into this. <laughs> yeah, how did you? Thanks, thanks for inviting me. <laughs> That's tough. You're more <laughs> yeah. than more than welcome anytime. I, I like this a lot better than the phone, though. Yeah, this 100%. Having you in here is way better. Yeah, it's um, nice to be back in the studio. One thing that I remember when we talked to you a year ago, and we did the finale, and we, we kind of touched on last season, and it was 11 wins. The one thing that stood out was when you said, I hope that the boys have their whole summer and they remember this feeling. Right. They remember what this season was of 11 wins and know that they have to be better. And I got to say, I, I think they took that advice. And we did see a same team, but a completely different team. Yeah, I think so, too. I think when you look back, I think a lot of guys had huge summers who were on the team the, the year before. And then I think, you know, the Hunter St. Martin, Shane Smith, you know, Mercy Lindstrom, the guys who were up at the end of the year who got just a little bit of a taste Thought they had huge summers, you know, and they're, you know, they really, you know, were productive with rookie seasons. So I think, you know, top to bottom, you can go through guys that, a lot of guys had big summers, and I think, you know, we we need the same thing this year. It's now we got a taste of playoffs. Hopefully that excitement now drives us. You know, last year was the, the bad feeling drove us. You know, we don't want that 11 win feeling ever again. So that kind of drove us. I think this year, you know, with the fans coming back in the second half, that energy in the the city. You know, the playoff atmosphere, I think hopefully that excitement really drives us to work hard this summer and, and be even better next year. Yeah, and uh, I, I mean, obviously it goes without saying, but like it's going to be huge to have those steps again in the off season because you, you saw it even just from the the day that the season started to the end of the, the year, the last game against Winnipeg, like the younger guys you really saw come along and you saw that jumps are being made. Uh, but, and we're going to bounce all over, and so I apologize. I'm just, yeah. I, I, I can't help but think, kind of to Jesse's point, like that, what you had said there about, you know, the feeling from last year, that, that resonated with us. What is kind of the, the parting message for the group heading into the offseason, going into next year? Like, what's that kind of note that you really stick on and, and try and leave the guys with? Well, there's a couple things, I think. So we do exit meetings with all the players, and I think, you know, the big message was, you know, we're close. But there's a long ways to go. I think Winnipeg was a was a great opponent for us to play because that's kind of who we want to become. You know that best team in the country. You know they were the whole year and just a lot of skill. But it was great for us to play them because how talented they are. Their details are are elite. That yeah. uh, you watch their high end guys and just how hard they work in their shifts. They're stopping and starting. You know just the details of the game like. It was great for us to to play against them because that's that's where our details need to get. So I think there's there's that, and I think you know there's a lot of talk of us being great, you know, two and three years down the road. Well, it's like let's do it now. There's there's no reason we got to wait. Like just because people are talking about two or three years, like that's 
you know, let's make sure we're, we're going after it this summer and, you know, see where we come in at. But we don't need to be, you know, the 16-year-olds, we don't need to be 18, 19 to, to win a championship. We can be 17. You know, it's just, you know, the 18-year-olds, you know, you're 19 next year. 19-year-olds, you only, you only got one more shot at it as 20-year-olds. So let's make sure that, you know, just because people are talking about the future, let's make sure we're, we're dialed in this summer and we can go after it next year. We, uh, we're the people. We're the people, yeah. We are the people that yeah. Joe's referencing. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You and Gino. Well, I can't help, <laughs> yeah. can't, can't help but look at it, man. Yeah. It looks nice down the road. Yeah. The future yeah. looks bright. Yeah. But, I mean, look at, the, at that series against Winnipeg. You even look at the 7-2 the game, game three, right? Scoring chances, you, you guys were up there with Winnipeg. You had a lot of chances, just couldn't you know, calculate on them. Mm -hmm. But even when Gavin scores that second goal, okay, and and the game's over, but the crowd erupts, right, for that second goal. You and I I even know the the people that were there, it was a very exciting series because you guys were in a lot of those games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a a heck of a hockey team over there. Like, they're highly, highly skilled, talented, but like I said, they they work hard too, and they do the – they play the game the right way. So their, their coaching staff deserves a lot of credit. They – it's not always easy to get skilled guys and you know very talented players to stop and start and, and play the right way. So they've they got those guys dialed in and you know I just think can't thank the fans enough this year. Like the whole second half, just the push to the playoffs, the energy we felt. It was you know I know the guys were talking about it every day in the room, just how cool this is and you know I'd, I'd try to explain to them. You know I was fortunate enough to play in the old arena when it was sold out and how how unbelievable the energy was. I'm just like, guys, you, if you win here, you know, the fans will come and, yeah. and they'll be loud and it'll, it'll be crazy around here. And that's, you know, I hopefully this was the start of it and we can, you know, continue to keep pushing to, to get that back. I uh, I had heard during the Jays game yesterday, uh, the broadcasters are talking about when a batter, for example, changes the stance or a pitcher's trying to learn, learn a new pitch, it can take anywhere from three to three and a half years to really lock it in. I think Justin Verlander or Max Scherzer had said three years. That's how long it takes him to to really learn a new pitch and to kind of get it cemented. And so, like when you when you try different things or you're adding or or changing your game, it can take time. Um, so I'm curious, it, were there players this year that you saw made significant changes either on or off the ice to a point where it's like you you saw the progress in the changes that they were making, like it helped. Oh, I think as a player, you're always evolving. You know, right. You're always looking for ways to get better. I think a lot of it was, you know, off ice. Like our, our trainer did an un- unbelievable job, Tom Wild. He's, uh, I think he's one of the best. You know, I think he really helped us injury prevention and, and just getting quicker throughout the season. I think you saw guys like Josh Van Mulligan thought he got quicker throughout the year, mm-hmm. and that's that's hard to do. It's not, uh, you know, usually the off seasons where you get quicker, faster, stronger. And I thought. You know, our guys took steps in season, which is, uh, you know, like I said, not easy to do. So that's, you know, there's that. And there's, you know, some things just with gameplay, whether it's puck management or, or you know, getting the pucks off the wall, you know, for your D zone exits. Um, you know, and a lot of guys coming from, you know, midgets, just getting the habits down of getting above the puck. You know, it's mostly play without the puck. You know, a lot of these guys are talented with it. It's just... It's more of that gameplay of, of getting above, you know, being responsible defensively, and I think that's why Winnipeg's so good when you watch them, you know, just how quick they transition offense to defense and defense to offense. I think that's what that's what makes them so good, and, and we're trying to get there. And it and feels like they always have layers. 
Oh, like, was that the biggest, one of the biggest things with Winnipeg is that every single time you were trying to z- exit the zone mm-hmm. or you're trying to cycle the puck, like, they, they bring a wave every yeah. single time. Well, they're, they're always getting above the puck. Yeah. So that way, when they get it, it's boom, right to offense. And it's, yeah. it's pretty impressive how, how they play. And that's, you know, that's why I think it was so good for us to play them because that's, that's where we want to get to. And it's, you know, there's no shortcuts. Like, they, they work really hard. And that's, that's what we got to do. It was annoying to watch. It was very annoying. It was yeah, they, annoying. yeah, I know that I, I technically like work for the Tigers, off. so I wasn't allowed to say a lot of stuff. But there's a couple times I wanted to go to the bench and be like, "Yeah, it's Savoy, like, hey, relax, take, take a break, yeah, stop forechecking." Yeah, it's um, crazy. Was there a moment for you behind the bench in that second half of the season where it, it kind of clicked and you're like, I, "I, this team has changed." Like the the start of the season, you guys played very well. It was about 500. You'd win, mm-hmm. you lose, you win and lose. But then the second half of that season, it just sparked something. Was mm-hmm. there a moment during a game or anything on the bench where you're like, this team has changed? I don't know if it was behind the bench. I think the first half, like you said, that we felt like we were a better team. We were, but it was the confidence. It was, okay, we're, we're in games, but now the next step is closing them out and winning them. There's a lot of games in the first half where you know, we'd have a lead, and then you know, in the third period, the other team would come back on us. And it was just finding that confidence to – Hey, we can finish teams off. So that was kind of the first half, you know. And Willie always talked about like we're going to continue to get better in the second half. Our young guys are going to take huge steps, and that I think that really happened. I think the second half, um, like I said, I don't think it was behind the bench. I think one day um, <clears throat> there's a this website called Instat, and everybody in the league has it. But they break down every game from every team and all the analytics or whatever for all the players and teams. Can I get that? I'm a nerd. <laughs> oh, you would love it. It's sure. unbelievable stats. And Are you then saying I'm a nerd? Each thing right. is clipped. It's uh, it's one of the best sites ever. But Jace went through it, and they had all the teams ranked with Corsi and all that stuff. And, you know, as he went through it, we're pretty much top seven in each category offensively and then, you know, defensively giving up chances. We are you know, top seven or eight. So we might have been – you know, 16th or 17th in the league at the time, but we were playing, you know, better than what our record showed. Right. And that, you know, we explained that to the players, showed the players that, and I think it just, from there, kind of like, okay, we're doing the right things. It just, we stick with it. It'll it'll continue to grow, and we'll start closing these games out. And I think, I think that was a huge part of it. So I think Jay's finding that stuff and just, because you got you to gotta show the players, you know, this stuff's working. And I think it gave them a ton of confidence. I think once you start winning a few and, you know, our leadership group had great ideas. Malene's idea of breaking it down. The last second half, we were doing best two out of threes, so it was a small series. So you win two, you know, you give out, you know, some team awards or whatever, team events, and then, you know, just continued on. I think that was that was a big part of it too. Did you win any team events? I'm curious. Did you win anything? I didn't no? do anything. No. Players, you got nothing. The players did. Yeah, wow. The players win the games. They didn't give coaches the nothing, The players win hey? the games, Lance. No, I was just <laughs> I was wondering, maybe you got a trophy or I something, man. I didn't block one shot yeah. this year. Yeah, well, not this year. No, <laughs> almost, though. You didn't have a clipboard this I year, though. I didn't get hit in the face of the puck this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that happens. Um, you know, just kind of, you, you touched on something earlier about, you know, you don't have to be 19 or a 17 year old doesn't have to be 19 to, mm-hmm. to win a championship. You can be who you are and just like take the progression. Like how do you think the team's kind of soaked in trying to live in the moment? Cause I feel like as a kid, it's hard to, to really understand that no matter if you're 16, 17, 18, 20, like you're always looking forward to the next opportunity. And I think we all kind of get caught up in that too. Like yeah. we, we look too far down the road and don't soak in what's happening at the moment. 
but how how are the players doing just trying to to live in in the here and now and, and be present well i think it's different for each player i think you know the 16 year olds who are turning 17 well now it's their draft year right. next year so that's you know totally different feel you got you're worrying about the team winning and you're worrying about your draft status you know there's a bunch of emotions that come into draft the draft year um you know when you go from 18 to 19 you know maybe you weren't drafted so now you're looking to get a camp you know so there's a bunch of bunch of different layers to your career as a junior and there's different you know different emotions different stresses that come with each year so i think you know, i think most guys you know deal with it pretty well um, obviously there's different stresses throughout the year and different different times that are more stressful um, but I think for the most part, you know, our, our sports psych, Bob Wilkie, does a tremendous job with the guys. Um, you know, I think, so I think it's good going to your question. Do, yeah. uh, do us on the outside maybe not give enough credit, though, to like the draft year, for example, and just how much external pressure kind of gets put on or as a player. Like I know I was always hard on myself and whatever I did, mm -hmm. and so I would ramp up the pressure on myself like tenfold to what it already was. Like is do we maybe not give that enough credit? Like I think just in general – us as, as observers of, of sporting events across the board, like we maybe don't take the human element of things into yeah. account as often. We just kind of assume when we watch a game that people are robots and that's not the case. Yeah. But <laughs> especially with the draft year. And nowadays, like yeah. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. like, like I said, I was fortunate. That stuff was just coming in, so I didn't have to deal Analytics, with Analytics, things that I love. But it, it kind of roboticizes yeah. us a little bit because we uh, just see it. It's amazing what these guys deal with and go at such a young like 16 and 17 year old like the pressure they have on them yeah. and then you know i was um what really brought me to so last year i was at this camp in buffalo and so as soon as the game ended so these kids were 16 trying out for the five nations team as soon as the game ended one of the players on my team's like coach <laughs> i got somebody made a tiktok of me i was like what's that so he comes and shows me it's him falling in the corner and i was like that's brutal. You know, he's 16 <laughs> years old. He's at a national camp. And the first yeah. thing he sees when he gets off the ice is somebody videotaping him, you know, falling on a tight turn. Right. I was like, so I don't think the pe people really realize how much stress and pressure these guys are under, not only from the, themselves, because that's number one, everyone puts a lot of pressure on themselves. You don't yeah. make it to this point without demanding, you know, being demanding of yourself. But then just the external pressures they have, it's, you know, you got to commend them for all the stuff they go through. Yeah. That's a good point. I never thought about that. I mean, I don't think we're as bad in the hat. I mean, there's a certain fans that will no, talk about the team. Yeah. They'll yeah. talk about the venue. Mm -hmm. I mean, even when we made this podcast, we're like, listen, we're not going to go and belittle these kids. They're not, like, making millions and millions of dollars. They have a bad game. That's fine. We're not right. going to shed a light but on that. But if they did make millions, you know I'd tear them. Of course. Oh, of yeah. course. But oh, we yeah. have to remember how young they are. <laughs> How does someone, like you look at a Connor Bedard right now, right? What he did for the, the WHL is incredible. But let's say he had a bad postseason because you had all these major yeah. markets now focused on him. And whether it's good or bad, that has to take a toll on you. You look at a guy like, like Gavin, and we don't know exactly what he's going to be. There's a lot of people talking what they mm -hmm. think he should be. But he's going to be a guy under a microscope, and it seems like he accepts it well. But how do you prepare for that? <clears throat> yeah, what Bedard just did was unbelievable. It's crazy. Yeah, the amount of attention he gets and just the way he keeps performing, it's uh, 
Like he sold out almost every yeah. rink in yeah. the WHL. The fact that they're not giving him a car as a farewell <laughs> gift like is mind-boggling to me. Yeah. It's pretty special what he did. There's really no other way to put it. That's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Just because, like we talked about, all the pressure nowadays with Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff, for him to do what he's doing, like, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's nuts. Yeah. And I guess to, to piggyback off it with – yeah, I mean, you mentioned Gavin a bit, right? And it's not to shine a spotlight, but I think there are a lot of people, and you hear it as much as we do, Joe, that there are a lot of people excited about Gavin McKenna and what mm-hmm. Gavin could potentially be. And there's got to be, there's obviously a responsibility on, you know, everyone on the coaching staff's end to, to make sure that he's in a good place and the team, you know, does that as well. And everyone kind of makes sure that everyone's taken care of. But, like it's it's got to be I, I can't imagine how difficult it is and I guess this isn't really a question more just a statement just how difficult it is to cr- try and keep the outside noise outside yeah like that's got to be tough yeah it's we'll we'll see here you yeah. know moving forward but you know Gavin's you know a heck of a hockey player and we're there's going to be you know some ups and downs just navigating all this with yeah. the with the media pressure and all that so yeah, I don't have the answer. We're gonna we're gonna go through it together. Yeah. Um, well, and thankfully, like I mean, Willie's there, right? Yeah. I mean, he's been Willie's he's been to the NHL. He's seen so, it all. Yeah, been to the Olympics, so you have someone to lean on. In you that know, we regard. can call you know after the season here to call John, see how they dealt with the you know with Bedard, right? Pick their brain, get as get as much info as we can from them because they I thought they dealt with it great. You know, make sure we're we're doing the right things to, to help Gav be his best. Yeah, because I mean, you just want. to the kid to be comfortable, right? Of course, That's of course. You don't want to add any added pressure to him. You yeah. want to go out there and play his game. But kudos to even the team because before we even got a chance to see Gavin play on the ice as a Tiger, there was a lot of hype surrounding him. We were guilty of that as well, talking about Gavin. That's our job, hype and, machine. Of course. And so Fired we up. know he gets the five games. And I'll tell you, even game one, watching the, the Tigers, and, and Brendan Lee especially, kind of guide him. That first yep. game, because you don't know what to expect, yeah. right? You have your core group. All of a sudden, this next young whippersnapper's coming in <laughs> that everyone's talking about. You don't know how received the team's going to be. Yeah. But it's almost like they welcomed <clears throat> him with open arms right out of the gate. Well, I think it speaks to Gavin as a person. He He's an incredible hockey player, but he's a better person. Like This guy is one of the nicest, you know, down-to-earth people you'll ever meet. So it's the guys, the guys love him. They... He just goes about his business, comes to work, and works hard every day. And he's uh, no, he's he's a great guy. So that's why the guys just surround surrounding him. And you know, you know, obviously he's a great player, but you know, just like I said, just a better person. Yeah, he has to be a pretty good guy if he gave us time. I mean, he jumped on yeah, here this true. year. That's it's a big call. <laughs> yeah, it's a big <laughs> call to jump yeah, on with us. His arm. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, he's like, I don't know. I guess I will. Uh, you know, not just with, with Gavin though, but there, there's obviously internally and uh, there's, a, I can tell you a lot externally, there's gotta be a lot of excitement about the, the younger area, or I guess the younger group of, of this team, you know, 17 and under, and, and just looking at, you know, where things could go, but there's a lot of promise. Like you said, there's a lot of players that are really good on the puck and whether or not you can translate that to, you know, be a 200 foot players to be seen, but from a skill standpoint, it seems like every single aspect is is in a pretty good spot right now. The forward group looks nice. The blue line's coming along. Like, that might be the one area where it's maybe not as deep as the rest. Like, your goaltenders, you have, what, one from 03 to 07 every single year. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of good players and, and a lot of depth, which I, for you has to be pretty exciting. No, it is. I think, but like I said, now it's taking the next step. 
You yeah. Know, everyone's, you know, it was a great year, you know, make that playoff push, get into playoffs, get a taste of it. Now that excitement has to drive us to, to want more. And this is a huge summer for, for all of our guys, you know, whether, you know, they're on the team this year or they're the 07s coming in, just like the 06s did last year. It's just we have to make sure that we're all pushing to make sure that we want more next year because it's, you know, like you said, we're, we got skill, we got talent, but let's make sure that, you know, we're coming in and we're ready to work together because, you know, the best teams win. You're going to watch, you know, Winnipeg's well coached. They work hard away from the puck. Cam Loops details are, are great. You know, Sean does a great job. They're going to be dialed in. You know, Seattle's well coached. So you watch these guys, yeah, they have a lot of talent, but they also their play away from the puck is what's going to win the guys the championship. So we'll see which one of those teams can do it. But, no, like I said, we got to make sure we have, a, have another huge summer. Is it maybe harder to teach guys and coach away from the puck than it is on it just because of – it feels like away from the puck's a mentality and on the puck's – a skill set, if that makes sense? Yeah, I think so. I think especially nowadays with all the skills coaches, mm-hmm. you know, you get you get a lot of skill work with the puck from, you know, eight years old. A lot of these guys have, you know, skill coaches or are doing skill stuff in the summer. So I think a lot of the puck skills have, you know, obviously drastically improved throughout the years here. Um, you weren't doing the Michigan when you played I wasn't, the Tigers. No I, no. no, I will never be able to do that. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, no, the skill sets have, you know, like I said, just improved every season. Like every new group just seems more and more skilled with the puck. So now it's just making sure, because we're a development. Like we want our guys moving on playing in the NHL. So we got to make sure that we're teaching and coaching the right habits that will get them there and then keep them there when they get there. So okay. I think, yeah, I think you're right. It's probably harder to coach away from the puck now because it is more of a mindset and i feel like that would just be harder too for like bobby fox and his staff and in trying to find any for you guys like going out and scouting right because you can see the the skills you you can pretty quickly pick up on it and see like okay well that guy can you know he's maybe a little bit better at this than Mm -hmm. someone else physically yeah but it's how you think the game that's like that's been the biggest thing now that i really noticed that this year was a big separator from team to team to team was how you could think and play details like away from away from the puck, like yeah. You scouting hockey senses, you know, it's tougher. That's probably the you need a crystal ball. Yeah, so that's no, you're right. If you can find guys who are, you know, super talented but have the the hockey sense, and then you know, then the competitiveness. Yeah, like that's and that's, you know, we we want skill and and smarts. And, you know, it's up to the coaches to make sure we're getting the drive and compete level out of them. Yeah, piss them off a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Get them revved up. Uh, one story that we've been absolutely obsessed with this year is how Dallin Moline got on this this team. <laughs> the fact that he just cold called Willie and asked for a spot to, to yeah, training camp. Story. Yeah. Um, does that happen a lot in the – I mean, he, he cold calls, makes it to training camp. Dallin Moline was a huge part in this huge. year. Yeah. Huge part. Yeah. And I know Lance and I, when he made the team – we I'll sat be honest, there. I didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah, we kind of scratched our head, and we're like, that's an interesting move. Didn't yeah. e- expect that, and we ate our words because he turned out to be a huge part of the squad. Oh, it's great story. So, yeah, he calls Willie mid, mid-summer, and then – so he trains with Mason, Mason Shaw. Right. You guys know how we feel about Mason. He's yeah. Tiger for life, one of the best Tigers I've ever coached, just heart and soul guy, and they train together, so – you know, Willie told me he'd called, so we called Shazi right away and just got his take on him. And Shazi said he'd be a great Tiger and went to bat for him, and that's all we need to hear. Yeah. So, 
as soon as Shazi said, yeah, absolutely bring him in, we're like, okay, we got to bring him in. So, you know, I told Dell that Shazi went to bat for him, and <laughs> he was pretty proud. And it's, uh, you know, he was as good as he was on the ice, like off the ice, he was incredible. You know, I told you a story about him coming up with the best two out of three, but just his his leadership and, and what he brought. You know, he got to play with Lindstrom all year. He really helped Caden, you know, just – being that calm kind of older brother for him, you know, it's it's tough to play center as a 16-year-old in our league. And Mel was just, he was fantastic with Lindy, helped him grow as a player and as a person. But, yeah, one of the one of the best stories, you know, since I've been here, a guy cold yeah. calling Willie and, <laughs> you know, Shazi went to bat for him. And it was, what a 20-year-old he turned out to be for us. Yeah, and honestly yeah. that might have been the one of the biggest moves of the year that you made and it was before the season started just considering yeah. the ramifications and how it all worked out and like you know the the word culture gets thrown around every now and then but i think internally you guys you know you identify the traits of what it takes to be a medicine hat tiger and to have dallin come in in his 20 year old year and then fit so perfectly i mean he with did all of those aspects he That's did crazy. so much more in one year that you've seen guys yeah. it's taken them three years to do yeah. right yeah. three years to be that leader he was able to do it in one year like, oh, it's remarkable. He came from a great org. Like Red Deer is a great organization, yep. and they, you know, they play hard. They do the right thing. So he, you know, growing up, he learned from a lot of good players there, and we were just fortunate that you know he was able to bring us you know that culture that he he had learned in Red Deer, and you know just helped our younger guys. So yeah, you're right. That was maybe one of the biggest moves of the year for sure. Yeah, yeah. When you look back at it, it's crazy. And yeah. what might have. Might might come out of it. Um, I know you don't like talking about yourself, but too bad. Yeah, uh, we're gonna do that um, because I think at least I'm curious, and and we'll see where it goes. But as a coach, you're obviously consistently trying to help you know the players get along to the next level, and you're doing what you can. But when you go to the end of the year, what does Joe Frazier? sit down and say, okay, this is where I need to be better at as a coach. Like, what are the aspects that you try and look at through the offseason to get, you know, better for next year? Yeah, so I think it's just like the players, we have to get better every year. Yep. So coming up, it's, to me, a lot of coaching now is relationship building. So that has to continue over the summer. Um, coaching clinics, like we're going down the draft in Nashville. So the NHL puts on an NHL coaching clinic that Wednesday. Right. So that'll be really cool. It's a bunch of NHL coaches presenting, and then you break off and have some, you know, two-hour table talk with NHL coaches, so we can pick their brain. That sounds like the only conference that is like oh, actually yeah. good. I've been yeah. to a lot of really. Is this not the first time ones. you've done something like that, or do you do it? That'll be the first NHL one. Yeah, that's cool. It's gonna, I think it's gonna be unreal. Yeah. yeah, so I'm pretty pumped for that. Um, then there's a USA National Camp, the 07s. That's in Buffalo in July. So that's an eight-day camp. I'll coach at and. A lot of, I think there's 16 other coach or 15 other coaches. So NCAA, USHL, mostly down yeah. there. So picking their brain, learning from them. I think, you know, there's that saying: the best coaches are the best thieves. And you're just trying to steal as much info and, you know, not necessarily use all the info, but use what kind of works with with our culture and yeah. our team. And no, I think presenting is a huge thing. You know, presenting in front of people with the the video and. But I think relationships is is number one right now. Yeah, if you can, because the guys got to trust you. You got to make sure that that bond is there, that they trust what you're saying. And right. you know, I think so. I think relationships is number one. I think X's and O's is is probably number two. So you're always learning there. And 
Yeah, a lot of it comes from just watching the NHL games here in playoffs, watching our league finishing up, and you know, so there's there's lots of work for us to do. When uh, when we talk about relationship building, like, w- was your first jump into, you know, talking to us? Was this like a were we like the focus group for you know trying to work on relationship building? <laughs> like, were we where it started? Because yeah. I mean, Jesse and I would take a great honor in that. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know really no? what the question means. But like, did, were we like the people that you really tried? Okay, I'm gonna try and be friends with them. Oh uh, yeah. And then yeah. we'll work off of that. Yeah, yeah. So then, yeah. Because well, you always need a good gotta, focus group, Joe. Got to be friends with the media. So oh yeah. Well, sure. the big question sure. is, is <laughs> how often are the coaches and the boys listening to the podcast? I listened to two this year. Actually, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, I heard you just found out what Spotify was. So I that's did good. on the bus. Gino made me get it <laughs> going down the states. Yeah, so that's a big step for you. That is that's a big step. Oh, it was a big year. Yeah, I got Spotify. You know, yeah. the playoffs. Yeah, it was a huge year. Right, wow. right. Yeah, <laughs> and just realized what Netflix was. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if this is rude to say, but uh, I believe that the eleven win season. I, I think it had to happen. I think that. Not a knock on the fans, but I think the fans, me included, were a little spoiled because we were a team every year making the playoffs, right? First round, make a little bit of a run, and then it would end, right? I, I think not making the playoffs and then finally being back, seeing the stickers on the on the doors again. It, I don't know about you guys, but it just, that game three, regardless of what the score was, I just felt that electricity in that building. Yeah, like that was, cool. like yeah. that was playoff hockey. Same with the, the final game against Swift Current. That remind me of games in the old bar. Yeah. It just, it's, I feel like it had to happen to get where we are, and hopefully it expands from that. And I don't think it was just the 11 wins. I think if you go back, so 18 19, we had a really good team. We just beat. I still think that was the team that was going to win it all. Yeah, we just beat Calgary and Edmonton that weekend, and then we beat Red Deer, and there was like, what, four or five games left in the yeah. season? Like that team was was primed to have a deep playoff mm-hmm. run. We, we really liked that team. You know, with Hamlin and Ploof and Gavlis, oh, you know, all those boys, so Chiz, Kemper, You guys silly. could just score whenever you wanted to. Clayton. Like, it was, you know, that with Sogard Net, Borkland backing up. Like, that was, oh. a, you know, that was a great team. So, we get playoffs cut there, and then you got the bubble. So, that's, you Which know. wasn't the same. Two years of playoffs that are gone, and then last year happened. So, it was really almost no playoffs for three years. So, now we're on year four. And I think that's, that's kind of what you're talking about, it's just – Three years without playoffs, and now you got it. It's just like the energy was back. Yeah. And it, that Swift Current game was was unbelievable. The, the energy and you know just being down two nothing and coming back. That was uh, that. Yeah, you're right. That felt like the old barn. Yeah, just loud. Just loud. It was. And kudos to the the great. section of Bronco fans. I oh, was dogging them yeah. all night, but man, it would when the other when the opposite team comes into our barn. It just sparks something, and we're just when loud. junior hockey's at its best, right? We can yep. hear the "Let's Go Broncos." Well, let's be a little bit louder, yep. and to have them go back and forth. Oh, I was just sitting there, and I was just, I was, I got goosebumps. I was just loved. I soaked it all in. Yeah. When I was when I was eighteen, we played Swift in the first round. It went seven, and we must have had five hundred to a thousand fans in Swift for Game Seven. Like that was one of the, oh. the energy in that series. I was, I'll never forget that. That was one of the best series you know been a part of here. Yeah. It's just. I think the Swift Medicine Hat rivalry. I think there's a lot of people that live here from Saskatchewan. I just think the travel's easy. I think you know, obviously us in Lethbridge is a big rivalry, but with Swift, Swift, yeah, with Swift now back yeah. in our division, I think it's uh, you know, and obviously this year with how important every game was against them, I think no, I think it's a really good rivalry. Speaking of loud and energetic, uh, how was it riding on the bus with Gino all season? <laughs> oh, I love Gino. <laughs> what a beauty. Good lad, eh? Uh, you know, coming in and just the shoes he's got to try. Like, Bob Ridley, you know. Tough. No, he's a legend, right? He's Tough. the best ever. So, 
And what I appreciate about he, Gino doesn't try to be Bob. He's Gino. Yeah. We love him. You know, he's. I think Gino's great. You know, when you listen to his calls, he's. My parents love listening to him. I think he's. Uh, you know, he's a great broadcaster, but I think he just he fit in so well. He's. Mm-hmm. I, I love Gino. And the one great thing guy. about like this area. It's, they don't like change. Mm-hmm. So once change happens, <laughs> yeah. they'll let you, you know that. about yeah. it. <laughs> I didn't see a ton of negative on Gino. And no. that's And that's, I automatically thought Gino could have been the best in the world. Yeah. And there would be hate because, well, that's not Bob. I will say there's a little bit of credit that goes to Scott Roblin for last year. Of because, course. I mean, he was that buffer, right? Yeah, he kind of buffered. And so yeah. it wasn't one, like it wasn't Bob straight in. Right, I right, think right. that. That little buffer year and being able to introduce Scott, like it actually all worked out pretty well. Yeah, but but you're right. Like like to Gino's credit, it's that's hard to do. Hard, yeah. especially when you know like who who had headphones on for 50 years beforehand yeah. and is still in the building and has their name like on your broadcast booth. Like it, it was awesome I mean? like to a, still see Bob in the building. Bob made it to yeah. almost I think every home. Oh, game. doesn't he look good too? Yeah, 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 he yeah. Looks good. yeah Having his awesome. popcorn and his pop before every game, warm ups. He's sitting there with a bag of popcorn. <laughs> he comes in and has coffee lots. It's so oh, good to see. Awesome. Yeah, he's one of the best. Just an unbelievable human. Yeah, he. Uh, I would always catch him at the elevator. And he'd have a bag of popcorn, and then he must have caught wind one day that I usually leave with a bag. He's like, "I got my showing up present, and you'll get yours later." I was like, All right, thanks. <laughs> and then he just like kind of walked off. I was like, "Well, see you, Bob. Like, have a good day." But I, can't remember, it, I think it was the it was the Swift, might have been the Swift game because I ran into him and he goes, "Are you going on the ice?" I said, "Yeah, I think I'm gonna cut a wrestling promo." Mm. And then he goes, "How much longer you got?" And I said, "You know what, Bob? I'm not sure. As soon as it becomes sad that I'm getting too old to try and be funny." I think that's when I, I'll figure out what I'm going to do next. And he pats me on the back. He goes, enjoy this moment. And I was like, damn, Bob. Yeah. Well well played. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for hitting me in the motions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As Bob. I'm about to go out there and cut a wrestling promo. Yeah, Thanks, no Bob. doubt. No doubt. Uh, it's great to see him at the rink every game. Truly. So Truly. Good. Yeah. I think I, he does play by playing his little corner. You think he just probably. does it in his yeah, head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the oh, guys no, that, that aren't playing. Yeah, and it Matt, never yeah. Le- it never leaves you. Yeah, he's probably sitting there yeah. doing play-by-play. Yeah, because Wong was always sitting over there. Although he switched it up towards the end of the year, and he started moving like to my, like our side. Yeah. So that, I don't know what he was doing. He was trying different things, Wonger was. Um, he's very superstitious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Maddie, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> what do you mean? He had the same shirt and tie combo on every home game this Did year. Did he? I'm I pretty sure it was a white that. shirt, orange tie, and that's, that was it. Wow. Uh, if Matt wore something else, he's got like tell me, he's but. got thirteen different orange ties though. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> okay, that's well, fair. Yeah, he switches up the orange, but yeah, oh Matt, he's great too. But yeah, very superstitious. He's I'm a goalie. uh, goalies. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, goalies. I- I'm curious because you know we've had a few conversations post game. Um, you don't always want to talk to us after, but I appreciate oh, that you do. True. Truly, yeah. no, no, no. Because like after after losses, you like, guys are good though. I always appreciate it well, so I mean, much more. Yeah, that you was hard after the last game me. of the year yeah. though. That's that one. Must I mean, I can I can be that's tough. But that's not great. Yeah, that one's tough. I can be a dick, but no one's gonna like that. <laughs> um, I mean, either I wouldn't like it either. But like, what is? I guess what's that like on your end of things? You know, doing doing post game. After like obviously the wins are easier, but after the losses because you're you're kind of forced to digest and maybe it's part of the league digest how the game happened quickly and then start flipping your focus to the next one and like every single time coming up for post game like I, I look at Gino sometimes like I would not be that composed after that game was over I would be <laughs> I'd be raging I'd be like losing it and maybe you know what no you probably are you probably go slam a water bottle and then you're like you're good but just what what is that like on your end you know doing doing post game. With with Gino and I because we're dumb. 
No, you guys, you guys ask great questions too. Especially like you're, you know your stuff. So mm. I like, I appreciate the, the structure, the game plan questions. Like I, I enjoy those. But no, I like it. You know, I've not been shy of saying I want to, you know, move up in the coaching world, and that's what you have to do. You got to do the post games. You watch NHL coaches do them every night. So, <clears throat> you know, I told Gino before the season. I told I, you know, I try to tell you just, you know be hard on me when we're not playing it because I got to learn how to, to deal with it and to to talk about it because you know you watch the NHL media and it's they're not nice so. they don't give a damn no they don't they so really don't uh, no it's great practice and you know I got to get better at it obviously but you know I appreciate you guys yeah. you know going you take it pretty easy on me so fairly well <laughs> we can switch that for next year well I mean I mean truthfully last year what we were supposed to say hey Good I mean, night last yeah, night. Yeah. It, it, it was. <laughs> Did you have fun tonight, Joe? But no? With okay. the season like last year, how hard is it to like be in, in, in coach mode? Because I know you're frustrated. Uh, and I when I got to pick the stars, I see you guys are the first one out. And you're very stone-faced. You, <laughs> and I know how angry you are because I even see the you're boys. poker player? They show emotion too, right? Like before and after game, you guys are just so st- – it's got to be hard because you can't really show emotion because, you know, people will start talking about it. Yeah. Right? Like it's yeah. got to be hard to be in coach mode. Probably on and off the ice, even when you're not at co-op place, it's probably hard for you to maybe go out a night Friday night and get a little wild. Yeah, I think just you know, in coach mode at the rink, it's. I really believe the players feed off the coach's energy. Like if the coaches are being spastic and yelling all the time, I think that translates to the players. Like I think it's really important that we're calm and you know saying the right things, and because it's it's an emotional game, it's high intensity, and you know if we're off the rails then you know it's going to trickle to the player so i think that's that's just something we got to continue to work on and get better at and i think it's it's really important that we're calm and yeah well, willie's very calm before the game you know yeah least, yeah you can't and show that we're too excited or nervous too invested or, or we get nervous too like yeah we want to win so it's you know it's important that you get the poker place or yeah. poker face going well, i mean for the longest time i was scared of willie every time you walk out Walk into the the bench and off the bench. <laughs> I saw you, he knocked you though. He knocked you. Yeah, I got a, he got a fist bump. That's why I think <laughs> was he's that listening. the last game? Last yeah. game. Yeah, Because yeah. so <laughs> I've always done the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Because yeah. I know you and Mazer will give me one. <laughs> but then I he looked at me game three because he came in here for the I saw for that. An interview. He laughed and, and he, he laughed and he, and he gave me the side eye. I'm like, yeah. shit. There I was went, my chance. I went right up to him on the bench. I said, you know, if we win, that's a routine now. <laughs> oh, I really <laughs> wish if we were to win game four, you'd had to keep doing. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna extend out again. See what happens. But I told you with confidence. It's like you gotta put it out there. I, I was a little bit because more you, confident. I mean, you have no idea how many conversations like the next day we sit in here and he's like, "Man, I was close. I almost did it." Yeah, that, that was kind of my. I thought about goal. it and I was like, "Ah, I don't know. I come on halfway." No, I saw you do it game four. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny. It's uh, good. Well, hey, we're not gonna take up much more of your time, but if there was one thing, one favorite part of the season, what would stand out for you? Oh, that's tough. James Tubbs asked me the same thing. I think oh, we still- there's so many. Yeah, we we had no idea. Yeah, he had to, sorry, Tubbs. Yeah, I think the two Bedard games at home obviously were were fantastic. You know, just with the the amount of fans and then getting the wins. Um, I think the win against Winnipeg at home, the win against Kamloops oh, at home, and then obviously the, the last game of the the regular season beating Swift to make playoffs at home. What a second half! Yeah, I think mm-hmm. like that second half yeah. is going to be one to remember. Electric. So yeah, I think those as games, and then just just seeing how far players come throughout the year like it's that's the special thing now we'll get to see you know who puts the training in in the off season and then who from september to april you know improves the most I, those are 
those are the moments as a coach you you really enjoy just seeing how far some guys go through the year and yeah that's uh you keep track on special. a lot of like tigers alumni like it's gotta be hard because we yeah. have a lot of decent players come through but do you try your best you try to, stay to in text touch? them you know whether it's their birthday or you know if they do something you know whatever they get yeah. tweeted out um but talk to shazi right a lot shazi he comes to brainerd in the summer helps us with our hockey camp so oh, nice you know I'd keep in touch pretty good with him but yeah you try to keep in touch with them and hopefully you know a lot of them reach out dave quinville Nice. Another guy, you know, it's it's awesome on big games. You know, the alumni will text you, you know, good luck and stuff like that. So that's it's pretty pretty special group we got. That is cool. Uh, yeah. How many years have you been to Medicine Hat now, Joe? And that was year fifteen. Played for two, and that was my thirteenth year coaching. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? Is yeah, crazy. I thought it was coming up for two or three. No stayed for fifteen. Kidding. Yeah, fifteen no, I love it years. Here. It's like half your life, dude. The people here are unbelievable. Just blue collar, down to earth, nice. Like the not just the fans, but just the people who've taken me in, you know, friendship-wise, you know, since my time here. It's, uh, you know, you two. It's just, it's a special place here to play junior hockey. Maybe really not uh, maybe not 15 more, but, like, 10 more. <laughs> I mean, we'll that's see. a question. Listen, a lot of people who say that, even at the barn, I've, I've heard people ask, you know, what, what is the end game? Do you want to be the head coach of the Tigers? Do you want to go above the WHL? What would be the end goal for you? Oh, there's lots of goals. Still. Lots of goals. Yeah, there's lots of goals. Um, Joe's got like a 30-year plan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think just like the players, we I want to coach in the NHL. Right. Like, I want to win Stanley Cup. The right. the dream you had as a child doesn't change just because you went from player to coach. You know, you still want to lift the Stanley Cup over your head on the ice. So I think that's always the the number one goal. And then, you know, obviously there's a bunch of steps to get there. Yeah, listen, I get it. I'm living my goal through you guys because I'm hoping when that day comes, I'm going to be on the ice. <laughs> yeah, and I just want to, yeah. I just want to watch in town. Yeah, 2026. Yeah, Memorial Cup in Medicine oh. maybe. Like we're we keep throwing that idea. out there. But yeah, the, right now it's bringing <laughs> yeah, a championship yeah, yeah. back here. Like we, yeah, town deserves one. The fans deserve one. You're you're um, right. So we got a lot of work to do, but it's going to be exciting. We got to make sure that we we got to have a huge summer here. Yeah, and it's. Uh, but it's it's exciting again, you know. I just want to thank the fans again. That was the second half. The energy, the city oh, is, uh, you know, the boys were talking about it, so that it got them more excited too. And I think it just it's contagious that energy, and that's. Like, I can't remember the it. last time, and regardless of being swept or not, but game four, it's over with. Still, the crowd there Stuck gives a standing that was, cra- yeah, ovation, yeah, cool. awesome. knowing, saying yeah. thank you for an incredible season, yeah. thank you for everything, and just knowing that next year, two years, three years, hell, five years, that this is going to be a fun team to watch. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, when all the fans stayed and boys saluted them, that was yeah, it gives you chills. Yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. to know that you have that type of support, yeah. that's uh, that's pretty cool. All steps in the right direction, Joe. Thanks for doing this, man. No, it's great. It's way better back in studio. Yeah, right. <laughs> way better. I don't like the over the phone. No, over the phone stinks. Yeah, yeah, this was uh, this was great. It's not good. Well, pencil us in because September we'll be calling you to yeah, come yeah, on right. in again. Sounds good, <laughs> Joe. Appreciate it, buddy. Hey, thanks. Hey, you two do an unbelievable job too, Lance. I know, like Gino raves about you. Yeah, I don't know why. They're Jesse, a very good one-two punch. Hundred uh, percent. They're you very getting good. the crowd fired up for the oh. games. Like, can't can't I've say tried doing that. I, oh, I have no idea how he does. That it takes like that. a lot of talent and oh. courage to step up in front of five, six thousand people. <laughs> and, oh, this season was a lot more fun so. last season. I'll tell you that. Yeah, no, you two are outstanding. So appreciate Thank all you. the coverage you guys. I don't know how many teams have podcasts about them, but can't be many. No, so. I don't think there's a time. I think no. there's another one. Not like us. The Not coverage, like us. Yeah, we'll pat they, ourselves on the back. Yeah, they try and be a little professional. We just want to sit here, <laughs> talk about the games, talk about the team. 
really have no format. Like, no. We, have no, we had no questions prepared for you. Yeah. We no, just, that was awesome. We just talked Good. for about 42 minutes. That's long. Uh, all right, Tiger fans. Well, enjoy your offseason. We'll see you in September. This has been Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Thanks to all of our show contributors. Thank you for your help. Be looking for a new Tigers Uncaged podcast every week during hockey season. Oh.